0: Now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them.
1: Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall
0: and Stacy Harp. Oh, wait. This is where the walls gave way Yeah, it is This, this is demolition day. day Trump All the debris <laughs> and all this dust What is left <laughs> Wasn't that funny? Sorting through what goes so and what, what should stay Trump Every stone I laid for you <laughs> As if you had
1: asked me to
0: Donald Trump
1: Monument to holy
0: things, empty talk and circling. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Donald Trump? No. is the unmaking Beauty in the breaking Had to lose myself to find out who you are Right. People, that is Nicole Nordeman. Yeah, it is, and her song "The Unmaking," which, by the way, I love that song. Her whole. If you go over to YouTube, you can tune into Nicole Nicole Nordman's channel. Yeah, you can. I like that song. I heard the very. I heard this song a while back. I remember it's one of the very first times I heard it. I don't know if it was the very first time, but I remember thinking, "This is a deep song." If you really listen to I was kind of kidding about the Donald Trump comments in it, but I will say that if you really listen to the lyrics of this song, basically what it's talking about is how a person builds their own, you know, um, life, and then things happen to tear it down, and basically um, it's the unmaking of what we did so that God could build what he wants in our life, and... And I think that's pretty profound because I think a lot of people don't think about it. You know, we we often build our own, you know, we we build. You know, we, we build what we want, but we pursue things that aren't what God wants for us. You know, think about it. Rich people. A lot of rich people are drug addicts. They're alcoholics. They're workaholics. They have no happiness or joy or fulfillment in their life. It's because they built this big barn house, if you will, and they fill it with a bunch of baloney, but then the Bible talks about how there's this rich guy who did that, but tonight his soul was taken from him, or expected of him. He basically died. And what did he leave behind? All that. You know, there's that old saying, he with the most toys wins, right? But I always say, he with the most toys wins Nothing. Because when you keel over and die, you ain't bringing anything with you, people. Which is why it's easier to get rid of stuff if you think about it. Because in the end, you're not going to be able to keep it anyway, right? I mean, how's that for a morbid outlook on life? (laughs) (sighs) I didn't mean to depress you. Nah, I don't do that anyway. Because, you know, I've never had anybody actually contact me and say, you know, your show completely depresses me. You know what? I hate you because you're so depressing. You're one of the worst broadcasters I've ever watched because you suck because you're so depressing. (laughs) Actually, the funny thing is, you know what I've actually had happen? I've had almost the exact opposite thing happen. I cannot believe that you're so happy and joyful and I can't help but watch you because you you make me laugh. And I'm like, yeah, I do. That's because it's a gift, people. As Rush Limbaugh would say, the gift of mirth from on high through this little fluffy head vessel to you. Here you go. Take it all. It's all I got, people. I don't have anything else. It's not much. <laughs> anyway, hey Barb over there on YouTube. Nice to know you didn't forget me tonight. Yeah, it's nice to know. I did think I I think I called you out. I was like, where's Barb at? She was taking a nap, just so you know, everybody. Barb was AWOL, snoozing away, taking a nap last night during our show, because she's old. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Or not. Now, Sean, on the other hand, he's old. And, you know, a libertarian. (laughs) Down with libertarians! No! (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) He's a he's a pillar of our community. If I I can't offend him, we need the money. Just so you know, Sean. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) And then Jeannie from Georgia's here. Yeah, she is. Hello, Jeannie from Georgia. Part of my new online Bible study. That's here. And so's Mia, superhero paramedic. Hey, by the way, Mia. I got some blood work results today. I need you to look at them and read them for me so that I can understand what good health I'm in. Yeah. So we'll talk later because she can read stuff like this. You know, isn't it interesting? You go to the doctor. They require you to go to give you medicine and then they call you up. They tell you when you're there, then they go, oh, psych, we can't give you this medicine anymore. That's actually what happened to me this week. And then they took blood work to find out about the medicine. And I'm like, okay. And so they sent me the results of the blood work, and it's lab work. Now ask me something. Who sends lab work to a person who can't read the lab work? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there should be like a chart. You know what it said on my paper? It said, uh, dear Stacy, um these blood results... Are normal for you. <laughs> That's what it said. I'm like, okay, well, it's good to know. Good to know that you didn't mix me up with somebody else. <laughs> sending me my blood work results. Person that took my blood. You Vampire you. Anyway. <laughs> hey, last night we, we thanked our sponsor at the very end of the show. Tonight we thought it would be good to thank our sponsor at the beginning of the show. So, Hey, Ariel Ministries, guys, is our sponsor. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, all I have to do is go to ariel.org, A-R-I-E-L.org, go there, and um, and then get, get a lot of stuff while you got the discount, because that discount code is going to expire in March, people. Yeah, it will. But, you know, for now, it's still active, so you can go get that 20% discount when you use Bible News over there. Buy all the good stuff over there. Ariel Ministries, they got a ton of good stuff. Just go shopping. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Why don't you, uh, you know, buy something, give it to your loved one to encourage them to go deeper into Bible study. Like go, go use the Come and Me, Come and See, Come and See series. Those books there are very affordable. And they're really good. They're biblically sound. So you should go over there and do it. Yeah, you should. And when you do, let me know. That way, I know that you did it. Because otherwise, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. So there you have it. Barb said, "Normal, who you? Yeah, I know, right, Barb? You know, I mean, but who does that? Who? Okay. So the doctor wanted me to go to the doctor because of my thyroid, right? I'll tell you the story. I can't remember if I already told it to you, but I go to the doctor, and then. They tell me, well, I can't give you this thyroid medicine anymore because I've been giving it to you for a different reason than your thyroid. And I'm like, Oh, nice to know. Thank you for letting me know. And I'm like, okay. And so then they need to take my blood work and I'm like, okay. So they took my blood work and I'm like, why are they taking my blood work? Because they don't, they no longer need my blood work because I can no longer be on the medicine because they can no longer give it, it to me for the reason they were giving it to me. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I think I'm going to get a new doctor, people. Yeah, I am. I am. Just so you know. Yeah. This week has been an interesting week. But, hey, it's over. So let's talk about Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> You know, Donald Trump, our president of America, the United States of America. Yeah, even though it annoys the liberals. Uh, So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about Donald Trump and what he recently did to make some people upset, which, you know, all he has to do is get up in the morning, open his eyeballs, and he makes people upset. And I saw that, Sean. That was pretty good. Sean said they are bloody crazy. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Although, you know, I don't know about you, but when I go to a phlebotomist, I... I hope that was the right word. I was trying to sound smart just a minute ago. When I go to (laughs) get my blood drawn right here, they they took it out right here in my arm. Like, can you see the hole where they put it right here? You can't. You know why? Because the person did it super great. And I have super great veins. So, boop, they get in there. They go like this. I don't look because I'll pass out if I look. And then, you know, basically within like whatever, how long it took to take my, my blood, I was good. And then the lady asked me, Randall, I didn't even tell you this. She says to me, she goes, are you on blood thinners? After she takes my blood, she asked me if I'm on blood thinners.
1: Great time to ask. I know, right?
0: And I, I was like...
1: Or did she see something that made her ask?
0: No. Maybe it out I... quickly. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did think it was an interesting question, though. When she asked me it. She, after she takes my blood, she says to me, Are you on blood thinners? And I'm like, Why are you asking me that? And she's like, Oh, because I just wanted to make it, see if you if you mm. needed a band aid to you know help coagulate. Oh, she, before she could oh. get the word out, my blood was already stopped. You know, I was like, "Don't you think you should have asked before, though?" Uh, mm. it's like, oh,
1: can't stop it. <laughs> <It's just laughs> She's gonna, gonna pass out. Scream <laughs> coming up.
0: <laughs> oh, thank God for doctors. Mm. They're designed to kill you, people. Just so you know. Okay. Anyway. I'm just kidding. They're really not. All right. So can you, can your child pray at school? Trump celebrates students at Religious Freedom Day event. Mia thought that was funny, Randall. (laughs) I know, right, Mia? Superhero paramedic. She would be like, oh, no. (laughs) Of course, she deals with people who are like near death anyway. They're like, you know. But anyway, so, uh, so this article is what really... Has upset some people. Um, you know, can your child pray at school? Trump, President Trump, celebrates students at Religious Freedom Day, okay, event. So it says here, we will not let anyone push God from the public square, President Donald Trump said Thursday. Salt Lake City. President Donald Trump highlighted his support for students Thursday as he outlined his administration's plan to protect prayer in schools. <gasps> can you believe that? You have the right to pray, and that's a very important and powerful right, he said during an Oval Office event. Trump's prayer plan doesn't change existing policy, so it's pointless, people! Why are we even talking about it? But wait, it goes on to say, and instead focuses on ensuring current protections are understood and enforced. The administration has worked to improve the process by which students and teachers can file complaints and also asked educational leaders to confirm, they comply with rules related to school prayer. We will not let anyone push God from the public square. We will uphold religious liberty for all, Trump said during the event, which featured students and teachers from across the country, including William McLeod, a Utah student who received national attention last year when his student asked him to wash off the Ash Wednesday ashes from his forehead. Yeah, so here's a, here's a good Catholic little boy, William and he put up probably a little cross of ashes on his forehead and he was picked on and persecuted at his school when he did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Students are allowed to pray privately in the classroom and elsewhere on school property, reference their faith in homework assignments and form religious clubs. However, school sponsored prayers were outlawed by the Supreme court in 1962. And I have to tell you something. When I was my very first class ever in college, was, what was the class? Developmental psychology. Mm-hmm. And I had a professor, her name was Marianne something, I don't remember her last name. I think it was Marianne. But anyway, she Marianne, was... Marianne, No, but anyway, I remember her um, stressing very boldly that if you're a Christian, I don't want... she. Okay, the assignment was that we couldn't talk that... We were supposed to write a paper about our life, okay? I was 20, I think, about 20 or 21 at the time when I was in that class. And she specifically said that I and nobody else who was a believer could write about our conversion or about Christianity or anything. She wanted all religion out of our personal life story. So you know what I did? I shared my whole testimony in that paper, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I did. I'd be like, hey, I was born again. Jesus saved me. I went through this whole great, awesome conversion experience. Here's my testimony. You know what I got on my paper? I got a C. Now, this was before I knew people and I was an activist type. If I had known, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I would have sued that teacher's butt to you you know where. I would have turned her in. I would have made sure that she got reprimanded at the very least and maybe lost her job. You know, because it's like, why assign a a student paper on your life and you can't write about the most important thing that happened to you in your life? That's BS. That's like saying, you know what? Hey, uh, that's like saying to a quadriplegic, you know, hey, you can't talk about not having the ability to use your body in this paper, right? Because it impacts your whole life, right? (laughs) Who does that, you know, except people who are like, Anti Jesus people. Um, so yeah, this resonates with me a lot because even though I was a young I, a young adult when that took place, now I'm middle aged. Yeah, I am. Yeah, today I had <sighs> I had a rude awakening, people. Yeah, I did. Went to the gym. <laughs> no, I didn't play pickleball because they won't let us because there's some dumb father daughter dance thing going on. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, they had to get the, the thing, like, ready for that so these fathers take their little girls to dance and they can have a dance, blah, blah, whatever, you know. Anyway, so all of us pickleball players were, like, punished because of that family event that, you know, was going on at our gym. But anyway, whatever. So, while I was there, though, I was getting ready to go back into the locker room and I open. I reach for the door, and this other young woman walked. She's like, she's like, let me get that for you. <laughs> One of my first thoughts was, I don't have groceries. <laughs> In fact, I had nothing. <laughs> I was just going to open the door. And she went ahead and she opened the door. I was like... I was gonna open it for you. She's like, "No, no, I'm supposed to open it for you." And I'm like, "Is it because I'm older than you?" <laughs> and she said, "Yeah."
1: Did you say yeah? Or did she say yes, ma'am? She
0: said yes, ma'am. She actually said go. yes, ma'am. That's what yeah I would she did right. Here and, in the south, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't have groceries or anything, so I wouldn't expect the door being open. But anyway. So yeah, it kind of was like, I'm like, do I look this old? I told her, look, I'm only fifty-one. I'm not that old. She goes, my mom's like fifty-six. I'm like, okay then. Well, it doesn't matter. I guess the mom how might much be your older mom. the
1: fact that you are older than her, and and the culture, the Southern culture, <laughs> um, you know, requires that the the younger defer to the. Older person, it's that way in other cultures too. Built, I remember built into the language even, but we I remember will save the. Uh...
0: When I was a young woman, younger woman, I remember my mom one day. She when she was living and she was in a good mood. I remember one day, um, she opened the door and she said, "Age before beauty," and she walked through it first. I was like. All right, Mom, you're mended. I'm beautiful. hmm Yep, I thought that was so funny. Okay, back to this article. Stop getting sidetracked, people. Okay, it says here, the court has repeatedly stressed that the Constitution prohibits public schools from indoctrinating children in religion.
1: The court needs the court needs an education in the Constitution.
0: Yeah, the Pew Research Center reported last year the public in-
1: schools weren't even in existence. Right was written anyway.
0: Well, so the Trump administration will send a letter to education officials across the country explaining current rules and reminding them that their schools could lose federal funding if they mistreat religious students. These efforts will help stop the erosion of existing protections driven by growing hostility towards religion, said Joe Grogan, the White House Director of Domestic Policy Council, on to NPR. In addition to holding an event at the White House on school prayer, the administration celebrated National Religious Freedom Day by announcing plans to strengthen protections for faith-based groups that partner with the government to provide social service, services, such as housing and food, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so it's a longer article. I might read the whole thing, but you get the point. But here's one point I got to make, okay? Religious Freedom Day actually encapsulates all religions, Mm -hmm. okay? So, but we don't hear on a regular basis about, like, Muslims, like, practicing Muslims who want to pray five times a day. We do not hear about them being persecuted in the public schools. In fact, we actually hear the exact opposite. They are catered to in the public schools, um, and so really, the whole "quote religious freedom day" thing is—it's really—it's really, it's really um, because of Christians, really.
1: And we have—we even have California schools uh, teaching Islam. You know, in the classroom, teaching to all students. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, speaking of persecution, Open Doors, the ministry of Open Doors, not the type that I was talking about earlier, like where the woman opened my door for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was funny. Hey, yeah. Anyway, Open Doors the Ministry warns of the rise of the surveillance state as North Korea tops the watch list again. Now, most of you know, if you watch the show all the time, that for, for eight years I wrote about Christian persecution for The Voice of the Martyrs, which is the largest ministry to the persecuted church worldwide. Open Doors is a smaller ministry to the persecuted church worldwide. Uh, but, they, but North Korea and that whole time, and for as long as I can remember, really, the last 15 years at least, North Korea has been at the very top of that list. And anytime, I always, I always think about um, Christians who think they're super bold in their faith because they go online and they debate somebody in a chat room. I always like to go, really? Why don't you go to a gay pride parade? Or, better yet, go to North Korea and do that. let see how bold you are. <laughs> I'm not that bold. Just saying. Anyway, so listen to this. It says here, imagine facial recognition technology to get into a house of worship and surveillance cameras inside. Or a social score, and that's in quotes, system that awards points for good citizenship and deducts them for sharing one's faith. Leading to penalties such as limiting where parents can send their children to school. Sounds like China. it's North. Well, yeah. It's not the plot of a blockbuster dystopian film or left behind novel. It's the dawning reality for people of faith in China as described by David Curry, president and CEO of Open Doors USA. This year, the Christian Watchdog Organization is highlighting the rise of the surveillance state and its impact on Christians and Muslims in China, along with its 2019 World Watch List, released Wednesday, January 15th. That's because it could have wide implications for the future. What they're doing is creating a roadmap of persecution. This is a blueprint that they will sell and use in other countries. The organization's report notes that an estimated $1 Muslims, some type, I can't say that word, I don't know how to say it, have been detained in China. See, China persecutes everybody. And while it seems impossible for the country to detain its 90 million Christians, the report said it could monitor them using developing technology, going digital with religious persecution. Already, there are areas in China installing cameras and facial recognition technology in state-controlled three self-patriotic movement churches and testing a social credit system. Now, the irony here, in my mind, is that the Chinese believers, they really are bold. And the irony is is that they go out, they share their faith, and they will be penalized for it. And yet, American Christians barely ever share their faith. And they won't be penalized if they actually do. So, that's just something to think about. But anyway, it says here, still China is not among the top ten Open Doors ranking of the countries where Christians face the most persecution for their faith in 2019. It ranked number 23. North Korea leads the organization's annual World Watch list for the 18th straight year because they, of course, control every element of life and church, and Christians are the number one enemy of the state. So the World Watch list lists the following 10 people, 10 countries, okay? North Korea, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Eritrea, Sudan, Yemen, Iran, and India. Yep, Muslim-dominated countries there. The rest of the lineup remains uh, largely unchanged from the last year with Eritrea and Sudan flipping places. And then I just read that list here. It says here, the spread of Islamic extremism, one of the mi- the main trends open doors noted in the report accompanying its watch list, has held many of these countries in place, according to Curry. But that's not to say it's remained static. These are very fluid situations. Almost all of the 50 countries on the world watch list are in Asia and Africa, except the Russian Federation ranked number 46 and Colombia ranked number 41. Most of the countries in the top 10 have been there since 2015, which at the time, Open Doors proclaimed to be the worst year in modern history for Christian persecution. The persecution has gotten much worse since then, it's just wider, more ingrained. There's not as many people who were killed this year that we can document, so in some ways, the ultimate violence is down, but attacks on churches and rapes of Christian women are still very high. In the 50 countries on the world watch list, 260 million Christians were affected by extreme levels of persecution last year, up, up from 245 million the year before, according to Open Doors. Now, think about that. 260 million Christians were extremely persecuted in extreme forms, Right. And people are so naive to think that this type of persecution will never come to America. It will, people. Just give it some time. Anyway, it says here, and time will tell what impact the actions taken by President Trump in Iran and Syria, ranked number 11, will have on Christians in those countries. The organization has been hearing from Syrian Christians since October... When Trump withdrew U.S. troops from an area along the Turkish border where many Christians had fled ISIS, at least 40,000 Christians were directly affected when Turkish forces moved into the former safe zone in southeastern Syria, according to the report. Turkey has an agenda. They would like to get rid of the Christians in that region. Yeah, they would. And I can tell you that uh, the Turkey, um, that's one of the worst places for believers to live. Since a ceasefire was declared in that region, he said those Christians are more optimistic and maybe there will be some peace. They're really torn as to whether they should stay or go. So we'll see how this plays out and if they can truly settle in their home. Curry said he hopes policymakers will take note of the watch list. Human rights violations in countries like China and Saudi Arabia, who's number 13, need to be addressed if the United States is going to sign trade deals and have normalized uh, relationships with them. He hopes American Christians will pray for the persecuted church around the world and he hopes people will wake up to the importance of religious freedom. People should have the right to think what they want and practice the faith of their choice freely. And in America, we should take our religious freedom more seriously because it's one of the things that makes America great. It does. As much as we have, you know, some bad policies and stuff, the fact that we could still go to anywhere in the world, in this country, inside America, and preach the gospel and not readily be thrown in jail or persecuted for it directly like that is a good thing, people. So do not, like, um, you know, don't, don't negate your religious freedom. So Rhett Quigley is making a lot of comments here. Okay, so you're here to promote Something Catholicism, yeah, okay. Well, we're not going to talk to you about that because that's not what this show is about tonight, Rhett. But glad you're here, spreading your gospel of Catholicism. Catholicism, okay. Anyway, uh, separation of church and state is law under communism. That would be you need to finish that sentence there. Trump is a fraud, yeah. I'm sure he is in some ways, he probably is a flawed fraud. Phlebotomists have a six week degree. Oh, gotcha. Well, the phlebotomist didn't try to make a diagnosis, just so you know. Anyway, okay, so with that said, now let's talk about the the digital one, the, the threat of hidden cameras. This is interesting. On the heels of the one that we just talked about, I got this from Kim Commando's website, commando.com. By the way, if you've never watched Kim Commando's show, it's very good. Uh, she's she's a great broadcaster, in my opinion, and that's K-O-M-A-N-D-O dot com. Kim Commando, Commando dot com. Go there. Anyway, this is where this story came from. Who's watching you? The threat of hidden cameras in the digital age. Uh it says here, um, have you ever had the chilling feeling that you're being watched? I have. I make myself be watched. Increase the numbers, people. Um, <laughs> have you ever looked at your phone camera or your laptop webcam and sensed someone could see you through it? Well, I live stream, so.
1: Exactly why I have a camera blocker on my phone.
0: Right. What about when you're by yourself in total privacy yet you feel like you're not alone? Well, you're not crazy people. In the digital age that we're living in, hidden video surveillance isn't uncommon. If you've ever had that creepy feeling of being watched, odds are you probably were. Well, just so you know, I actually um, have never had that creepy feeling, just so you know. So anyway, is someone watching you from Airbnb to a house of worship, hidden cameras are everywhere. In this Commando on Depan- Demand podcast, Kim looks at how hidden spy cameras have become so prevalent in our society and how technology has enabled these cameras to be placed anywhere. Kim also gives tips and advice on how to protect yourself from hidden cameras. And then it says here, in the latest episode of the Commando on Demand, Kim looks at several big hidden camera scandals and have made headlines, like the case of Harmony Hatchie. Can't make that name up, people. <laughs> who had a hidden camera in her hotel bathroom. Or another case of an employer and some of his employees staying in an Airbnb where they found six hidden spy cameras throughout their rental. Hidden cameras can take on the forms of smoke detectors, iPhone docks, clocks, wall outlets, USB ports, pens, reading glasses, water bottles, bracelets, audio speakers, decorative lawn objects, landscape rocks, baby monitors, plants motion sensor lights, and even dressing room mirrors. And then, if you want, you can listen to that Kim Kim Commando thing. Anyway, I have to admit, I didn't read the article before I shared it with you. (laughs) I thought maybe there was going to be more info in there. The point is to scare you, Pa, that everybody's watching you, just so you know. But you know who you need to be more concerned about? God. God is watching you, Rhett Wiggly, quickly. Yeah, he is. Just so you know, you better watch out, buddy. Because he sees everything you're doing, even when you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. In the bathroom, even. When you're taking a shower and doing stuff there. Yeah. All right. Christian Bakers challenged a $135,000 fine for quoting the Bible. I had the opportunity to meet these Christian heroes. Yeah, I did. Aaron and Melissa Klein is the subject of this next article from today. It says here, Did Oregon officials violate their duty to remain neutral on matters of religion when they ordered Christian bakers, Aaron and Melissa Klein, to pay $135,000 for declining to create a custom same-sex wedding cake, a move that crushed the small family-owned business?
1: Yes, they did.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's the question that the Oregon Court of Appeals will answer after having heard oral argument last week in the case of Melissa Klein v. Bureau of Labor and Industries. Oregon courts are taking up the case once again after being ordered to do so by the U.S. Supreme Court. By the way, Oregon is a very liberal state politically, in case you didn't know that. Uh, So this is, you know, don't live in Oregon. Don't go there, people. Just stay out of Oregon. You don't want to live there because, you know, evil people live there that persecute people that make cakes. Pretty soon, the Oregon, uh, pretty soon I'll start getting ads for Oregon tourism in my Facebook. <laughs> you watch. Hey, Facebook, I know you're listening. Oregon travel. Okay. I bet you within the next two days, I will start seeing ads for Oregon travel <laughs> in my- thing <laughs> Anyway, Oregon courts are taking up the case once again after being ordered to do so by the US Supreme Court in June 2019, the Supreme Court threw out the original Oregon decision that upheld the crushing fine with orders to revisit the case in light of the Supreme Court's earlier decision in masterpiece Cake Shop V Colorado Civil Rights Commission. In these trying times, we must turn to the greatest document in the history of the world to promise freedom and opportunity to its citizens for guidance. That decision, I think that was a commercial. (laughs) That decision held the government officials should not be in the business of deciding whose faith is or is not acceptable. Instead, they must remain neutral on matters of religion. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So it says here, The clients were represented by attorneys from Boyden, Gray, and Associates and from First Liberty Institute. They argued that the Oregon Bureau demonstrated anti-religious hostility in several ways, including awarding emotional damages based upon the quotation of a Bible verse, awarding an amount of damages that exceeds cases involving physical violence or sexual harassment, and making public statements demonstrating that the commissioner... Prejudge the case before hearing the evidence. The Bureau of Labor and Industries based its exceptionally large damage award on Aaron Klein's quotation of the Bible when a woman inquired about ordering a custom cake for her same-sex wedding. Klein informed her that he was sorry, but he would have to decline because of the family's religious beliefs. After she left the bakery, her mother returned to have a conversation with Klein about the morality of same-sex marriage. That's when he quoted a Bible verse in support of his religious beliefs. The woman then took offense to her mother's recounting of the story, which also happened to misquote Klein. Mm-hmm. In short, the Oregon Bureau concluded that $135,000 was appropriate to compensate the complainers for their reaction to hearing That the Kleins quoted a Bible verse and would not create a custom cake for their wedding due to their religious beliefs. The Bureau of Labor and Industries justified the crushing amount of the damage award with reference to some of its earlier cases. It's called precedent, people. Precedent. See, that's what these guys are doing. And don't miss it because...
1: Well, check out the next paragraph. Okay. All right.
0: However, in three of these cases, the victim was actually awarded less money for being subjected to physical violence, such as being beaten by a baseball bat or having to endure sexual harassment at work that lasted for months. A Bible quote and the denial of a custom cake should not justify a greater emotional damage award than what happened in those cases. Is that what you wanted me to read?
1: Yeah, well, it's just this idea that, you know, as the rhetoric goes... That, uh, you know, uh, yeah. saying something against sexual anarchy is, uh, you know, is tantamount to murder. You were causing teens to commit suicide. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's, well, the precedent of the case. But there was physical violence, such as being beaten by a baseball bat. Well, quoting a Bible verse, that's pretty much the same thing. So, in fact, so much so that we're going to impose a greater fine than in the case of someone who was beaten with a baseball bat. You quote a Bible verse, that's them's fighting words right there. That's worse than getting beaten by a baseball bat, is to have to endure with your own ears the quoting of a Bible verse. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that should carry the death penalty. I mean, forget 135,000. I mean, they got off easy. They should have been, you know, flayed in the public square and then set on fire, you know. I'm I'm being they,
0: they used to do that you know to I know <laughs> it's like...
1: I, I, I know but this just it's just ridiculous the you know that quoting a bible verse is worse than being beaten by a baseball bat
0: well it's because they see the bible as hate speech as yeah. Sean said here over there on youtube because periscope is acting up uh, yeah it is and you know, somebody gave us a thumbs down over on YouTube. I bet you it was Rhett Quigley. Yeah, it was. You Catholic person coming over there spewing your Catholic theology when it has nothing to do with this show. You hater. Yeah, um. you are. <laughs> Rhett, God sees you. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Anyway, so, so um, don't you, don't, wouldn't it be funny yeah. if, uh, <laughs> I was just thinking, I would never cut real time i can't really cut real tv because uh, could you imagine me talking back to everybody that was watching the show well
1: you wouldn't know what i wouldn't gonna... know yeah right. that's
0: that's what makes this more fun
1: yeah you just have an earpiece in and a teleprompter and
0: and they feed you what to say
1: yeah what to say and what's Wait, going on so. I Can
0: read this yeah well, there are some goofballs in the chat room who occasionally like to feed you stuff to say that you don't want to say because it sounds disgusting.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: they think that you're stupid and that you can't read ahead of time. Like, duh. And,
1: and in, both, <laughs> in both these cases, I know this is not what we brought this up for, but still, in both these cases, for those of you who may not be familiar... In both these cases, both uh, sweet cakes by Melissa, uh, Melissa Klein shop mm. and uh, Jack Phillips masterpiece cake shop. Mm-hmm. both cases, the those that were refused service, which is against their civil rights, were both longtime customers of those bakeries right and served multiple times. It's not like this civil rights violation where they Ooh, we don't take your kind in here, get out. You know, or we've got a separate drinking fountain for you. Kind of Nothing like that. Long-time customers served whenever they came in. It's not that they refused to serve the person. They refused to serve, create this cake. They came in asking for a certain thing, said, no, we don't do that. I mean, if they came in looking for, you know, a elephant meat croissant or something like that, if they didn't make that, hey, we don't, well, couldn't you go down to, you know, get some illegal elephant meat and bring it with well, a could, but, you know, just, I mean, it's, hey, that's not something we do. If you wanted to get this cupcake or you want to get this pie, something else, no problem. I'd like Same, a cupcake. Yeah, same-sex wedding cake. We don't do that here. And that should be the end of it. Um, But, yeah, it's not like they refuse to serve the individual, which these, you know, Bureau of Labor and Industries and the Colorado Commission for Human, for, you know, for civil rights, that's what those things are in place for. To prevent that sort of abuse where someone isn't served at all. Um, you know, doesn't you know, is doesn't receive human dignity kind of thing. And that was neither of these cases. Yep. Anyway. Which is
0: why people you need to get protected with legal shield, okay?
1: Yeah, yeah you do. Yeah.
0: Now, does Legal Shield Deal with religious persecution issues. Actually, they don't. Just so you know, it's it's not that type of legal protection that you can go to Liberty, you know, Defense for and get. You can get your thing covered for free there.
1: Alliance Defense Fund. Uh,
0: but, <clears throat> but I uh, I have had a very good month with Legal Shield people. I mean, I really have. I've sold six memberships this month, and I'm going to tell you something. There is no shortage of Christians being dealt with as far as people I mean just Christian people but just people in general there's no shortage of crap going on out there where people are are getting pushed around and they're you know people are trying to screw them over okay I mean I, and this is why I will tell you about legal shield to get it because you know what the number one question I get is well I don't think that I'm gonna need it because I'll never use it for anything and I'm like, do you go anywhere? Do you buy anything? Because if you do, you will at some point. I mean, that's one of the biggest shocks of my life, honestly. Well, not really my whole life, but, you know, the last couple of years is that, oh my gosh, you know what? Hey, you know what? You deserve better. You don't have to take it from people. You don't have to actually put up with people pushing you around, giving you bad service, blaming you for stuff, blowing you off. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, and what I can tell you, and this is, this is why I am so confident and more bold, even, even now talking about this. And I try not to bring it up on every show as far as making it a whole show, but here's the thing. I know what, what my, my customers are getting from Legal Shield. I know the support they're getting, the letters they're getting written, the way that the attorneys are helping them deal with issues that would normally not get dealt with because people can't afford $300 an hour for an attorney. Okay. So get Legal Shield. Get, you need to get it for your will to get done. Number one. Because you, most of you don't have your will done. Okay. That's a fact. Even those of you with your memberships, you don't have your will done yet. I know it. Uh, number two. Uh, driving, driving, people drive horrible and, you know, just because you drive good doesn't mean somebody around you doesn't. So you, you have that protection on your app, tap the app if you get in an accident. And unfortunately, sadly, one of my customers actually did get in an accident, you know, and, you know, fortunately they had the, the protection, but, you know, our society isn't a nice society as a whole. The only time I feel like our society is super nice is when I watch TikTok videos where people are doing nice things. And yes, I would say there's more nice people than mean people. But when it comes to the mean people, they're mean, you know, and there are some businesses that are royally underhanded who will do everything that they can to try to rip you off. And, um, you know, I have no shortage of stories of people from various companies where people are trying to do that. So, hey, if you got $25 a month to protect yourself, get in touch with me and I will get you all signed up. And those of you who are already signed up, thank you for already being members. Hopefully you're getting the value and don't forget about your member perks because those will actually pay for your membership if you use them. Put a little alarm on your phone to remind you to check perks and then when you need it, check it. And, you know, hopefully there'll be a perk for you. All right. Our last story is going to make some of you upset. <sighs> yeah, it might. But maybe it'll make some of you happy too. Okay, so this one is titled Five States Consider Banning Transgender Female Athletes from Competing with Girls. Woohoo! Yeah. So that is awesome. Listen to this Legislatures in, a, in, a, in a, at least five states have introduced. Bills in recent weeks that would require athletes in high school and lower grades to complete, or rather compete, I'm going to get glasses soon, don't worry, on teams that correspond with the gender on their birth certificate. Only in 2020 do we have these ridiculous stories, people. I mean, seriously, when I was born in 1968, it said female on my birth certificate. It still does course my dad that's a different story but whatever anyway actually my dad's a female too but anyway that aside <laughs> this is ridiculous that we actually <laughs> have to do this and get guess what here's the five states the bills in Georgia where Jeannie lives Tennessee where me and Bearface live Missouri where my friend Cindy lives New Hampshire where another friend of mine lives, and Washington, where I I don't really know anybody in Washington. Why would anybody want to live in Washington? But anyway, anyway, are intended to prevent what has happened in Connecticut, a liberal state. Yeah, it is. It's a little annoying. Connecticut's kind of a little irritating state, if you think about it. It's little, it's liberal, it's no, it's kind of annoying, but I hear it's beautiful up <laughs> in Connecticut. Just so you How know, to
1: win friends and influence <laughs> people.
0: I'm just kidding, I've actually never been to Connecticut. Um, it's not where Steve lives, Steve Bennett, I believe so. Yeah, okay, well, anyway, well, anyway, it says here, okay, um, um the bills in Georgia, Tennessee, Missouri, New Hampshire, and Washington are intended to prevent what has happened in Connecticut. Or two biological boys who identify as girls have won multiple girls' state championship track titles.
1: Imagine that.
0: In Connecticut, like I just said, Connecticut, nothing good can come out of Connecticut. I'm just saying. Yeah, Tennessee representative, woohoo! Representative Bruce Griffey introduced this bill in his state. Yeah, he did. This is what he said. He said, "There's no ill will intended toward anyone regarding this legislation." Griffey, a Republican, told WTVF, what it's simply trying to do is, I think, science and experience and just society. We all know that traditionally males generally have bigger hearts. Yeah, they do. Not in an
1: emotional sense. but
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Bigger upper body strength. Yeah, they do. And... And that can give them a genetic advantage when competing against women in a number of sports. Indeed. And hey, case in point, I am a pickleball player, okay? I'm short, 200 and something pound woman, woman, 51 year old woman with big fluffy hair and fluffiness everywhere else. And I play pickleball with men, mostly, okay? Because I'm a good player and there's not a lot of... Like better, good players like me that are women. I mean, there's some, but they don't come and play with me. I end up playing with all the men. And what I can tell you is when I get in a game with three other women and I play a game of pickleball, the ball is not hit nearly as hard as it is when I'm playing with men. It's there is a big, huge difference between playing with three men. You know, I'm usually my partner's a guy, obviously, you know, and I'm the girl. And it's playing with just three other women and, you know, me on the team. Because the men hit the ball a lot harder and a lot faster because they're a lot stronger and bigger. And I actually point that out to them often. I go, hey, you guys, remember, I'm a girl, okay? Uh, And then when I win, me and my partner, I'm like, hey, you know what? I can't believe you guys didn't beat a girl. Just so you know, I won. (laughs) And then they they all laugh because they think it's funny. But anyway, back to this article. So it says here, uh, Georgia State Representative Philip Singleton, a Republican, said his bill would prevent biological males from having an unfair advantage. If they choose to compete as females, his bill would not impact team sports as football and basketball. The Student-Athlete Protection Act... It's really sad that we even have to do this because it's so so ridiculous. Ridiculous. It is. It's designed to ensure that biological boys will only compete in sports against other biological boys and vice versa for girls. Crazy. Singleton told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The intent of my bill is to make sure every student has the opportunity to compete fairly. Mm Mm-hmm. Last year, a legal group representing three female Connecticut high school athletes filed a Title IX complaint with the U.S. Department of Education, asserting that the state's governing body is violating federal law by allowing boys to compete in girls-only events. The complaint said the basic physiological differences between males and females after puberty are readily apparent, from the record books. For example, the complaint said the fastest 800 meter indoor time by a high school boy in 2019 was 110.57 seconds and 13 seconds better than the fastest girl, which was 123.98. The fastest 400 meter outdoor time for a boy was 44.84, was nearly seven seconds less than the fastest girl, 51.47. And why is that, people? I'll tell you why. Because women have more fat on their body. You know why? Because women have more fat on their body in various places that are supposed to be fatty because they have children, just so you know. Anyway, it says here, it's a similar argument made by three current or former female athletes, Dorianne Coleman, Martina Navratilova, I know I said that kind of awkwardly, but you know who I'm talking about, and Sonia Richards-Ross hmm The evidence is unequivocal that starting in puberty, or puberty, depending on how you want to pronounce it, people, in every sport except sailing, shooting, and riding, there will always be significant numbers of boys and men who would beat the best girls and women in head-to-head competition. They wrote, claims to the contrary are simply a denial of science. Mm-hmm. The difference in... On field and on track results they noted isn't the result of boys and men having a male gender identity, more resources, better training or superior discipline. It's because they have and how do you say that
1: androgenized
0: androgenized bodies they wrote so here's the other thing too. I would just add let's say, let's say for fun that arm wrestling was a sport that boys and girls wanted to be in, okay. Let's say the average girl lifted weights, you know, she got super great, like, biceps like me, right? That is a bicep, right? Well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. So, and let's say the same boy, that would be bareface, he did the same thing. We did the exact same exercise, lifted the same exact weights, etc., blah, blah, blah. And then me and bareface, we decided we were going to do arm wrestle, and because Randall wanted to be on the girls team and because he felt like he was feminine that day. Okay. So- <laughs>
1: or, or as probably the case is with most of these quote transgenders is they can't compete. What? They don't measure up in the male sports. And so they say, oh, I identify as female. And, well, then, the, and then they can take the gold medal.
0: My point Whereas is they
1: wouldn't qualify before. And, you know, in, in the heats, you know, they wouldn't even anyway go on yeah
0: (laughs) my (laughs) my point is is that me and bareface did an arm wrestle bareface would win even if he identified as a girl okay he would win because number one he's 6'1 number two he's super cute and hunky and strong and stuff and even if I could lift the same amount, he's still stronger because he's a guy. So, yeah. There you go, Bearface. I just thought I'd share that with you.
1: Well, thank you. Appreciate that.
0: So, Barb says, when they can bully us to accept the absurd they got us, we are conquered. Yep. And then Sean says, Serena versus Roger Federer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Can't you be nice? I know it's hard. Dude, only one hour a day, like when you're watching the show. That's it. That's all I ask. You can be mean other times of the day. Or try to be funnier. I mean, come on. Your jokes are kind of eh. You need to work on your jokes just a little bit. Make them a little bit funnier.
1: It would it would be a fun game to watch, though. I'm kind of curious about this.
0: Serena would kick butt. Yeah. Okay, it says here, One of my sisters was extremely strong and lifted weights, but she was an exception. Yeah, well, you know what? I am totally not an exception to that. I am so weak, it's not even funny. I am not proud of that, but the truth is, is I am not strong at all. I I am (laughs) strong-willed, but I can lift my phone pretty good. Yeah, I can. I can lift this little beanbag thing pretty good. Actually, today I pressed 20 pounds. Actually did. I had a barbell with 20 pounds in it. And I did that a lot. And you know what happened afterwards?
1: That's curling. That's not pressing. Just, pressing. You know.
0: Whatever. Okay. So I curled 20 pounds. And then I did this back press thingy. Pull thingy. Whatever. I don't know what it's called. Uh, trying to make myself stronger in my back. And you know what happened afterwards? Was my back hurt. It did. Yeah, it did. But you know what? Most of you watching this, I could take you on and pickleball and kick your little Buts, yeah, I could. I dare you come Spring Hill and play me any day. You're going down if <laughs> you do, man. You are so going down like Bearface goes down every week. Unfortunately, I couldn't beat Bearface this week because you know of that daughter father thing that they had to interrupt our pickleball playing with. It's really kind of a bummer. Who would think that so many fathers and daughters would want to go to a dance together, but you know. It's what, you know. (laughs) Barb says, oh no, the four-letter word, but. Yeah. Add an E, it's beaut. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so tomorrow night is Sunday, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All all night.
0: Yeah, tomorrow night should be interesting, because tomorrow afternoon, Randall and me are going to go to, uh, or I, Randall and I, are going to go to a Super Sunday event for Legal Shield here locally, and um, we are going to learn a whole bunch more about Legal Shield. Yeah, we are. Um, It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of people who know what the business is and all that stuff, so... By the way, don't forget one other thing. Don't forget identity theft protection. We were talking about this surveillance earlier. You know what? Don't forget identity theft protection because, you know, because it's a huge issue and the media is not talking about it like they should. You know, so that's the other thing you can get from me to protect yourself. If you want to support our show, Bible News Radio, you can go to BibleNewsRadio.com. You can donate however much money you'd like to us. We'll take it all and say thank you. And thank you. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. It helps feed our dogs and us and pay bills. Yeah, it does. Which we need to get paid. Yep. So, Randall, you know what you're going to talk about tomorrow? You have any idea?
1: We're still in First John. I have to finish up. Oh yeah, chapter two.
0: First John chapter two. You people, go read your Bible tonight. Read First John two. I'm going to read it, and I'll be all prepared for Bareface's teaching. Yeah, I will. Plus, maybe I'll ask him ahead of time so I can get you know, I have an in with the teacher. If you know what I'm saying, you get it. Anyway, I hope you have a good night, everybody. Remember to be bold, as Aaron and Melissa Klein are. Should be bold to stand up, yeah, and to be bold to be stand up and to go with God, people, because He loves you. Yeah, He does. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.